Grace Murugat, God and Mary to you. You're listening to the Meditation and Mental Prayer Podcast. When we first seek to enter into a deeper prayer life, we attract the attention of Satan. Up until this point in our lives, we haven't been much danger to him. Through mental prayer, with its closer union with God, we become immune to his suggestions. Through mental prayer, we move away from him, step by step, as we eradicate our faults. We turn away from the path Satan would like us to follow. Conversing with our Divine Lord daily, we form the Kingdom of God in our hearts, where it is impossible for Satan to enter into. In mental prayer, the rosary becomes our life. If we use it in the process of mental prayer or as one of our meditations, the life Our Lady lived close to Jesus becomes our life. Through mental prayer, Satan is beaten. Our souls are safe. What? Do you think Satan is going to let you away that easy? It was only after deep prayer that Satan went after Jesus. When Jesus went into the desert to enter deep into prayer, Satan watched him. Here was someone who was good and Satan wanted to destroy him. He wanted to win Jesus away from God. Satan loves to win over God's good people. We read, Again the devil took Jesus up into a high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them and said to him, All these I will give thee, if falling down thou wilt adore me. If Jesus himself became the attention of Satan, Why would we think we could escape so easily? Then again we read, Then the devil took him up into the holy city and set him upon the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down. For it is written that he hath given his angels charge over thee and in their hands shall they bear thee up, lest perhaps thou dash thy foot against a stone. We must be very careful during mental prayer not to desire or imagine that we are more special to God than our fellow man, that somehow because of this very special closeness, God will protect us even when we put ourselves in danger. Recall how St. Teresa when talking to God while she was riding her horse. The horse tripped and she fell. Remember Satan will be waiting for you when he thinks you've finished your prayer. He'll be waiting to tempt you. Recall our Lord's words to Peter. Satan has asked to try you, but I have prayed for you. See how Peter, who walked the roads of Galilee with our Lord, who talked intimately with Jesus, see how he fell when Satan frightened him. He even denied he knew our Lord. Satan has asked to try you. That's a very important piece of information for us that Jesus wanted us to know. Look how close was Judas to Jesus. Jesus says, I chose you twelve, yet one of you is a devil. And we read here again, And the tempter coming said to him, If thou be the Son of God, Command that these stones be made bread. Who answered and said, It is written, Not in bread alone doth man live, but in every word that proceedeth from the mouth of God. We see that Satan knew Christ was hungry. Jesus had material needs. We must be careful to ask for our spiritual needs first, for these to be met. Jesus told us that God knows our needs before we even ask for them. And this is the case in all situations in life. Our friends and family, even the passing stranger that God prompts us to pray for. We pray first for their immortal soul, then for their material needs. I'm going to say a few words concerning the demon, and you will see the link to your own prayer life. First, that the demon actually exists and interacts with us very closely. When you listen to any of the exorcists on the web or in a sermon, 
They constantly say the same thing. They assure us that very few people are possessed. Well, I would question their knowledge on this one. In my life, I have witnessed three people with what I perceive to be another entity looking out of their eyes. I have a friend who describes this state of possession as there is more than one at home. If I have had three different experiences of people, then mathematically it must be way more prevalent than exorcists realise. None of the people I refer to would ever dream of presenting themselves to an exorcist. We know Satan's greatest lie is, I do not exist. I believe his second lie is, I possess very few people. I don't do any real harm. I think you will agree with me when I say, the possessed would avoid exorcists like the plague. One of the young women that I am talking about, when I spoke to her out of the blue and asked her, did you pray to God today? She seemed shocked. And then someone else was looking out of her eyes at me. This thing that first looks out of their eyes is different, very different. Within a few seconds, it melts back down and the ordinary personality of the human becomes animated again. If I was to give this thing a name, I would call it the watching, because it watches you. The particular case of the young woman, she came to me at a later date very upset. She said her boyfriend had broken up with her because when she became angry, he told her that he saw someone else looking out of her eyes. So why am I telling you this in conjunction with mental prayer? Well, unfortunately, while God is all around us to protect us, our own pride can give a pathway into our subconscious and onto our souls, to Satan and his cronies. They are watching our every move. Satan has no eyelids. He is not worried about all the idle sinners because he has them already. In our past, Satan might have had a hold on us, but now we've got away. Then, a wandering demon sees us begin to kneel and pray and immediately reports back to his master. That is why Satan went after Jesus. He was watching him. He wanted to know who he was because he saw the amount of holiness and wanted to destroy it. No doubt John the Baptist had his fair share of attacks by this wretch. The question is, can Satan attack with suggestions and temptations during mental prayer? The answer, of course, is he can. Hopefully he won't. Let's consider what happens during mental prayer. We use our imagination to stir up our emotions so that we can become part of the scene in the life of Christ. Our imagination is, at first, led by our conscious mind. We are the directors of the story. The conscious mind takes over and supplies more pictures and animates the scene, drawing on our past experience and knowledge. During this, we may be shown something that seems to come from another spiritual world. We might experience the people in the scene speak to us. If they flatter you in any way, stop immediately and revert to vocal prayer. Say the prayer of St. Michael the Archangel. Leave mental prayer until the next day. Where did this flattery come from? It comes from either our own deep-seated pride or from the evil one suggesting prideful thoughts to us. You see, in mental prayer, going so close to the holiness of God, his light reveals all the dross and the dirt in our souls. And far from feeling pride in ourselves, we cringe with shame. This is why we need mental prayer, because it makes us fit for heaven. And then there is another type of hearing voices or communication that's dubious. When the charismatic renewal came to Ireland in the early 70s, 
and it was at the height of its popularity. There were always people coming to you and beginning their sentence with, the Lord told me to tell you that, and you would receive a very special message tailored to fit into your life quite nicely. It was great. People were always getting messages from God. I never got a special message, nor was I ever in a position to give one, but it must have been very comforting for those who received these heavenly communications. What would St. Teresa of Avila say about them? There is a possibility that your spirituality is of the type that easily receives visions and locutions. However, St. Teresa warns us that we must always suspect ourselves. We must not trust ourselves. St. Teresa was well acquainted with demon and she must have seen she must have seen him and he must have in some way become involved with her own spirituality for she says i feared them the demons so little that the terrors which until now oppressed me quitted me altogether and though i saw them occasionally i shall speak of this by and by i was never again afraid of them on the contrary they seemed to be afraid of me I find myself endowed with a certain authority over them, given me by the Lord of all, and so I cared no more for them than for flies. They seem to be such cowards, for their strength fails them at the sight of anyone who despises them. These enemies have not the courage to assail any but those whom they see ready to give in to them, or when God permits them to do so, and this for the greater good of his servants, then he allows Satan to try them and torment them. We understand how much God was teaching Teresa in mental prayer when she says this, May it please his majesty that we fear him whom we ought to fear and understand that one venial sin can do more harm than all hell together, for that is the truth. The evil spirits keep us in terror because we expose ourselves to the assaults of terror by our attachments to honours, possessions and pleasures. If we really want to avoid the powers of darkness and walk with Christ in mental prayer and with him only, then this piece of advice coming from St. Teresa will give us hope that it is quite possible to do this. She says, But if for the love of God we hated all this, that is, of course, material possessions, and embrace the cross, and set about his service in earnest. Satan would fly away before such realities as from the plague. He is the friend of liars and a lie himself. He will have nothing to do with those who walk in the truth. The saints tell us that we cannot gain salvation without mental prayer. So there's a natural tendency to think that we have become superior to those who say many, many rosaries. Remember, St. Teresa said that one of her nuns complained constantly that she could not do mental prayer. But when Teresa inquired further, she found that the only prayer the nun could manage was the Our Father. But with this alone, the nun was reaching great heights of sublime union with God and was becoming very holy. So what should be happening to our thought process is that we do not judge anyone else. The effects of wrong thinking during mental prayer are serious. If you are doing mental prayer and you judge someone else, beware. Honestly, you will get your purgatory here very quickly. You are travelling around in the deeper kingdom of God and your sins, especially thought sins, 
are very loud and obvious in there. Retribution comes swiftly. If you are having trouble with any unwanted thoughts, look at the thoughts and use a parent-teacher command to the thoughts. Just say to them, no, that's enough now, no, and the temptation or the thought will go. Let us end with advice from St. Ignatius of Loyola, who says, After you have made a decision that is pleasing to God, the devil may try to make you have second thoughts. Intensify your prayer time, meditation and good deeds. For if Satan's temptations merely cause you to increase your efforts to grow in holiness, he'll have an incentive to leave you alone. listening to the Meditation and Mental Prayer podcast, Catholics Talking to God. I hope you have enjoyed the episode and that you continue every day drawing ever closer to God through mental prayer. Until next time, bye and God bless.